Well, let's take our Bibles today and turn to the wonderful book of John. And let me encourage you on one major thing today as you turn to the Gospel of John. Paul wrote to the church at Galatia and said, Do not grow weary in well-doing. Now, he wasn't talking about a water well. He was talking about doing. And I want to tell you yesterday, we were this close to calling everyone, as many people as we could call, put on Facebook, social media, put on an all call and say, don't come to church tomorrow because there's no heat and there's no water. We had a water uh, issue with the main coming in over here on the side. And I want to tell uh, publicly, tell Derek Schwarthout, our administrator, he stayed here dutifully with the plumbers and the city of Vegas. CJ came up. Derek here was all day with them getting that repaired. Bradley Plumbing repaired it for us, and, and we are thankful for them. Yes, we'll pay them. <laughs> we'll pay for yesterday's bill. But they, I'm thankful that God gave men like that intellect to actually figure out how to actually get us back working and back to receiving water in the building. So without water... Uh, we don't open, so <clears throat> I'm thankful. And this morning we have a famous person amongst us, you might not know. Uh, Ms. Kay Weimer snuck in the building this morning. And uh, she's uh, good to see you, Ms. Kay, Ms. Beth, good to see you. Kay's been out for a while, but it's such good, uh, good to see you. And so many other things that are happening around the church. Yes, the African uh, Children's Choir, the Hakuna Matata Choir is back. They're, they're uh, singing this morning at the Sweetwater Baptist Church. They're doing all three services this morning. And they're traveling a good bit. They'll be in the area until about the 20th, and then they'll head north and then west. They'll be in Texas, and then they'll be here all the way through February this year. So they're raising resources to send back to the orphanage and to actually build wells. Everywhere they go, they tell the same story like we do. They preach the gospel, but there's an immediate need of, of supplies and things. And, and I want to say thank you to all the church members who responded to our last-minute request. Breezy Hill Baptist Church, this is how the church is supposed to work together. Breezy Hill Baptist Church has a campground with really nice cabins. Their, their cabin does it wrong, but there's bunk beds there. And Breezy Hill Baptist volunteered their uh, cabins for, these, for the, the children's choir. There's 15 of them and a place to stay as long as they needed it there at Breezy Hill Baptist uh, going towards Scoggle Lake Road. So I'm thankful for Breezy Hill Baptist. They put them up, had bunk beds, and, and they had no bedding or sleeping bags. So we put a call out, hey, church members, we need some help. And uh, while well, we had more bunk beds and sleeping gear come in, so thank you for Town Creek Baptist Church and the school for people that responded and, and gave uh, sleeping bags, temporary sleeping bags, and, and bedding for them to actually have a, a nice warm night's sleep. So uh, hot showers, they'll have everything they need where they are, and I'm thankful that the church provided for that. The pastor just goes places in faith. He's a little crazy. I'm a man of faith, but he pushes my buttons a little bit. So um, I told Tom, I said, look, you challenged me because this is the way we're supposed to live by faith. But there should be some planning as well. So we, we got down and made some plans. So we're excited about what God is going to do in their ministry. We prayed for them already last night. And they're preparing food there on campus. There's a place to prepare food. There's hot showers and uh, bedding. So God has provided here in the area. And we're thankful that the church has come together. All different names on the signs out front. But the one church under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a sweet, sweet thing to be a part of. Okay, let's go. John chapter Five, actually, I said chapter six, but chapter five, <clears throat> we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And the Lord Jesus, if you have a red letter Bible, obviously all these words that we're going to be reading from the scripture will be from Jesus. Jesus himself speaking. He's carrying on last week. As you know, as we preach through, he healed the man and he told him to pick up his bedroll basically and move. And he basically set the Sabbath free. 
Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees had made so many rules. Have you been a part of this church before? So many rules that you can't even think without breaking a rule. In the, in the days of when it says the Jews, it's talking about the Judaizers or the leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They made so many rules that they could not even carry a bedroll on the Sabbath. Now, the idea of the rest on the Sabbath was no commerce, no going to Walmart on the Sabbath, no shopping, no buying. Take a day off because your body needs to rest. Any of you worked overtime before? How do you feel after you work it? Miserable until that paycheck comes in, right? And that's why we do it. We put ourselves through the torture of the extra overtime so that we can get a payout on the other end. Well, there's a payout on the Sabbath that the Lord gave to us, and we'll find as we continue to read Jesus' words, that he gave man the Sabbath, not the Sabbath, right? Man was not given to the Sabbath. It wasn't reversed. He gave us a day of, a day of rest, and the Jews, obviously, they, they took it and tortured it and made it all these other rules. But what have we done with it today? We've taken it in our culture and just put it as another day. And now we say, well, we have the Lord's Day, Sunday, and we worship the Lord. And when I was growing up, they used to say it's the Christian Sabbath. There is no such thing. It's just the Lord's Day. The Lord rose from the grave on Sunday. That's why we worship the Lord on Sunday. We're not Jews, but we did our, our if you want to talk about our religion, came from the Jewish religion, obviously from whenever they transitioned, when Jesus was the Messiah, the new covenant began, that's where we began. He rose on Sunday, so that's why we worship on Sunday. Somebody said, well, why do we worship at 11 o'clock on Sunday, most traditional churches? Why? Do you know why? So that the farmers could get all the crops and things done and get in and be in at a time before lunch. And they would actually, the farmers would make it to church on time. And then they would usually have dinner on the grounds immediately following that so they could actually get back out and finish what they had to do. That's why the 11 o'clock time. So we moved it to 1030. And some people said, you can't move it to 1030. It's always been at 11. And it, it changes, right, based on the needs we have. So here the Lord is speaking after he set the Sabbath free. He told the man, get up your, pick up your roll, you're healed, and go. And they're like, why are you carrying your bedroll? And he said, the man that healed me told me to carry it. The, the rule of no working was not carrying a bedroll. It was doing commerce. Keep that in your mind whenever you read about the Sabbath. It was don't do business on the, on the Lord's on the Sabbath. So now Jesus is speaking, and there's a confrontation because verse 16 says, they sought to kill Jesus because he compared himself and said he and God were one. Now Jesus is going to pick up in verse 24 for today. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my words, watch how elementary the Lord makes this. How do you hear God's word? Read it and make application, right? Show me your ears, right? Hear God's word. And we don't just hear, if you hear someone preach or teach it, that's one thing. But when you hear it, when you read God's word, the word of God speaks to our heart if we're Christians, right? If you're not a Christian today, you won't hear God's words. You won't hear anything I say today. You'll hear something about something. You'll hear a song or something. But if you're a natural person, an unsaved person today, this makes no sense to you. You go, what is he talking about? What do these words mean? It's just mumbo jumbo, King James, these and those. I don't understand any of it. Only a Christian can understand the supernatural words of God. He says the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Amen? That's what he says. So when he speaks, if you don't understand, check your salvation. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has what, church? Eternal or everlasting life. And shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death unto life. Many of us have already passed from death to life. You say, well, there's funerals every day. Yeah, but that's just for this tent, this temporary body. 
We have already passed if we've given our heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we've put our belief in him, we've already passed. We're waiting for the day to see him face to face. Verse 25, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of God. Of man, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, what does the next word say? I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Verse 31. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. And that was a Jewish custom that you had to have two or three witnesses to back up what you're saying. There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, for I say these things that you may be saved." He was the burning and shining light, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his light. Who was he talking about there? John the Baptist. You enjoyed him for a a time. But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father has sent me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you, because whom he sent him you do not believe. Let's continue, verse 39. You search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me, that you may have life. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you, that you do not have the love of God in you. I have come in my Father's name, and do not receive me, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Verse 45, do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Let's pray. Father God, we pray for this passage today. Very difficult passage, but Lord, you're very, you provide clarity for us if we would simply slow down and read it. Thank you that you have given us the ability to understand, have a Bible in our language, have a, uh, a room that's actually climate controlled that we can sit and listen. But Lord, not just hear the preacher, but hear, Lord, the Savior. Speak words to us, words of eternal life. We pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Well, look, I want you to take notes as you take the notes. I gave you some extra space today. We have extra scripture I didn't put in your notes because I want you to write them down because if you take these notes, you can make application tomorrow at lunchtime if you work in a secular place. You can sit down and actually go back through what the Word of God is teaching you. You can share the love of God with, with a neighbor or with a friend. I want you to see every miracle And every word spoken by Jesus pointed to his invitation to the kingdom. Jesus was on the invite constantly. He had an open invitation for anyone who would come. All who come may come, right? There was an invitation 
every time he spoke. Jesus committed his life to saving sinners. Wasn't that what his mission was when he was called? When he was born, his name shall be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sins in Matthew chapter 1. He also was called Emmanuel, which is God with us. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, Jesus never claimed that he was God? You ever heard that before? Does the Bible proclaim that Jesus is God? Over and over and over again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing was made that has been made except that He had made it, and that He is Jesus. The Word is Jesus. Jesus was in the beginning. Jesus has always existed. Jesus is God. As we look in the Word of God today, Jesus is speaking to men who should know better. These are people who carry around the Scriptures. They have a Bible in their hand, if you will. They didn't, of course, they didn't have the New Testament, but they had the scrolls. They had the very wisdom of Moses. They had the very wisdom of God. It was so close, it was under their arm daily, and yet they missed the Word of God. Why? Because they were lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They liked evil things, their sin, more than they loved the things of the light of God. They didn't want to hear the truth. And there's people sitting in our churches today that are the very same way. They've been at church for 40 or 50 years, and they don't care two hoots about the things of Jesus Christ. Just give me a good sermon, walk out, shake the preacher's hand, and go about and have a nice lunch and do it all over again next week. What a miserable life would that be to live lost like that forever and ever, knowing that when you die, you're going to hell because Jesus told these men, you are condemned already. Because who condemned them? Jesus said, I came into the world, look at, your, look at your challenge verse on front of your bulletin. What did Jesus say? I did not come into the world to condemn the world. I come to save the world. Not the planet, but you and me, people who live in the world. That's what he said. That was his whole purpose. That was his mission for coming. Today we have a fuller opportunity to read and heed the words of God for our lives, right? We have the entire library. We have 66 books that's been given to us. We have a library that we carry around. If we carry around the Old and the New Testament, we can learn from the things of the past, and we can learn of things coming in the future, and we can learn of things even that's happening here in the present, as if it's happening. This was written today in the headline news. Look at your notes, if you would, for a moment. And, and as I give you these fill-ins, I want you to think about things that we can make application with this. Jesus summarized his ministry to mankind in verse 24. He prioritized faith in his words, faith in his words. And what is the word of God? The B-I-B-L-E, right? We, used to sing. We, used to t- we tell our children, even teachers teach children. And do y'all know that the quickest place to go in any church, uh, and I'm not saying it's just our, in our church, but I'm saying in any church. I used to be a children's minister for 13 years. The quickest place for anybody to, um, that's the, the, I should say that, that is the least discipled in the church, will go to the children's ministry. Why? Because children don't ask too many questions. Or we can give them, I don't know. But the hardest place to teach is, guess where? In the children's ministry. Why? Because you just might get that question, and that little boy, that little girl just won't stop with, I don't know. And you got to find out. Because you get questions like this. Where does God come from? Has anybody ever wondered that in your life? Only three of us? Okay, well, the rest of you are just, uh, I guess you're there. Uh, the old what a professor would say, can God make a rock so big that he can't pick it up? It's outside of the nature of God, so it's a foolish question, right? What we have to do is say, listen, God never does anything outside of his nature. 
You say, well, that's an easy one. That's just a crutch. Yes, it is. Listen, it's by faith that we believe this, right? Have you ever seen God? Anyone ever seen Jesus? Jesus looked like a weirdo in my Bible when I was a kid because I came to the 70s. He had a pale oval face. He was a hippie-looking dude, raggedy dress. He always wore a dress. I didn't think much of Jesus as I looked at him, but when I read the Scripture, he spit on the ground. I'm like, okay, he's getting redeemed now, right? He cast out demons. He spit on the ground and put mud in a man's eye. When you start reading about Jesus, young boys who are hyperactive start loving him. But when you see the pictures of images that people have created for Jesus, it's a pitiful thought. Would you agree? Anybody ever seen the pale Jesus I was talking about? He looks like a European frou-frou boy with a dress on and sandals. Nobody wants to follow that that's a man. I didn't. But we started thinking that he has all authority in heaven and earth. If we're not careful, we'll have that image in our mind. If you grew up in the Catholic background, you'll think he's still hanging on the cross. He's not on the cross anymore. He did die for our sins. Three days later, he did rise again. He was buried, and he rose again. There is no salvation in a dead Savior. Did you know that? Salvation is only through the strength of the resurrection. Yes, he died. Yes, he was buried. Three days later, yes, he rose again, and he lives forevermore. That's a living Jesus that we're talking about today. We serve a living God. He prioritized faith in his works. Everlasting life is hanging in the balance with these men. Everlasting life is hanging in the balance with the people they teach. Everlasting life is hanging in the balance for you and for me. If we miss it, we miss heaven. There is no redos. This is what's the balance. Young people, listen to me this morning. This is what matters. If we miss Jesus and salvation in Christ alone, we miss everything. Even if you have the greatest riches on this earth, they're passing away. I missed an opportunity to buy a 1956 Ford F-100 this week. It was restored. I told my wife, it's in Greenville. It's a cheap price. Let's go get it. She said, where are you going to get the money from? I said, I don't know. I'll figure it out. I said, this truck won't last long. And it was gone within a couple of hours. But you know what I noticed? I said, that truck was too cheap. I started thinking through it. What is an old truck? usually full of rust. No matter how quality the car is, no matter what the material it's made of here on the planet, guess what's going to happen to the things that we put a value or treasure on, the things that we just like. They rust, moths eat them, they decay. Name one thing, everything. Our bodies, does your brain, men, ladies, I can't speak to ladies, but men, your, bodies ever, your brain ever tell you that you can still do it? And your body says, uh-uh, I reject that notion, right? All in favor and all the, the hands go up and reject it. I got into a quasi-football game-ish, whatever we made up. We made a, a, a pool towel on this last trip last week. We went to the Ark Encounter, and uh, I have paid for it dearly every night. Extra Advil. Uh, I wrestled with the boys in the pool. Some of the girls were involved with it for a while, uh, the game, that is, and... Uh, I'm not as young as I used to be. Night three, I'm like, I'm done. I'm not even going to the pool because I can't, I can't hardly move sitting still on the bus. So uh, brain says yes, that's going to be fun. Body says no, reject that notion. Sometimes when your brain overrides your body, your body pays it back, doesn't it? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, just so we're on the same page. Well, John 20, 30, and 31, you can look at that on your own time. If you take notes, write that down, John 20, 30, 31. John finishes out the whole book of John, and he says, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Why did I record these things? One, I was in under the expression of the Holy Spirit, but these things were written that you may believe 
What did Jesus want these Pharisees to do? Believe, put their faith and trust in him. The whole purpose, put your faith and trust in my mission, in my purpose, is what he asked them to do. I want you to see in your notes, Jesus promised spiritual life to all who would believe. This spiritual life, we call it eternal life or everlasting life. We know that people, mankind was made to live how long? When Adam was built and Eve was built, if you would, created, how long were they created for? Eternal life. They, they were created for eternal. They were made perfect. But because they sinned against holy God, it separated them and decay began. Destruction began in their life. And they were separated spiritually, but also physically their body started to break down at the very moment. Yes, they lived long times. They lived a long time, 900 plus years. But you see the decay happen. And today, what should we expect? The Bible says 70 or 80 if you're strong. And if we're in 70s or 80s, right, some of you are in overtime. And I'm getting close to the end, right? It didn't seem like a, it seemed like a long time ago when I was a young man, but now that I'm getting older, I'm like, I can see the finish line. Well, if you can see the finish line, what should you do? If our cross-country runners, right, we have cross-country runners, we teach them to run the entire time. Coach them, run, run, run. No, if you have to walk, how many steps do you get, runners? You get five, only five. Walk five, pick it back up, run again. But there's something that happens in their mind, and it happens, it's a psychological thing that happens of endurance. When you make the final turn and there's that long stretch for the finish line, you can see the finish line coming. What is a runner to do in cross-country? To sprint, put the kick on. And when they kick it, they run as fast as they can. They burst all of the energy they have left for the finish line. We as Christians many times think about retirement. We get to the finish line or near the finish line. Or if we can just see it out in the distance, we go, I just can't anymore. I've already done my part. That's why I started this sermon with, do not grow weary in well-doing. Paul told the, Galatian, the church in Galatia, Galatians 6, 9, if you want to look it up. Don't stop. Sometimes coming to church can be overwhelming. Sometimes, listen, sometimes you can get, I, I'm done, I'm just done, I'm done. I can't do another day. I can't sing another song. I can't pray another prayer. And that's just a couple days in the life of a preacher, right? Have you ever been there yourself? I cannot do this anymore. It can be work-related. It can be your marriage. But it also can be in your spiritual life. You can say, what's this all for? How do I measure this that I've succeeded? And when you get to that point, let me tell you what you're doing. You're walking away from your first love. You must circle back around and say, Lord, be honest with me. I'm feeling these feelings in my heart. I'm getting tired of doing the same old, same old, it seems like. Let me ask you this question. Is this Sunday the same as last Sunday? No. What can we look forward to? How can we mark this Sunday different than last Sunday? We have a different passage of Scripture, right? We have the words of Christ. We're seven days closer to his return than we were last Sunday. There's a lot of mile markers we can look at and say, wait a minute, I need to get a fresh look at this thing. It's not just seven more days, seven more days. I have an opportunity to do something today that every opportunity I've had in the past is gone. Today is the day of salvation. I have an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. I have the opportunity of doing good for someone else. And by the way, that's the answer. When you get tired of doing the things of Christ, the things within the church, you need to get your serve back on. You need to serve somebody else. In serving someone else, you see actually the picture of Jesus, what Jesus came to do, to seek and to save that which is lost. He was reaching out. This is holy God walking the planet, having a conversation with stubborn men and women who don't care anything about what he's talking about. Did Jesus know these men would reject him? 
then why would he spend his time talking with them? Because what's his nature? The nature of God is that he's a God what? Of love. Even to the ones who will reject him. Even to you today, if you accept him, he's the God of love. He loves you and says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Who created us? God. Who saves us? God. Who built heaven for us? It's for him. As, I mean, he's, the, he's the king of heaven. Who created the kingdom that we might enjoy it with him? It's all about God. Who gives you the breath of life? Who gives you the clothes on your back? Who gives you the resources you have? If we would just stop for a moment and realize God has done everything because he loves me. Now, because of his, his choice, but he loves you and he loves me. He put us as a priority in life. You say, why? Even David said, what is man that you would look upon him? Right? We're just a small part of his creation, and we're the only thing in all of creation, everything. The name the billions of things that are in creation, we're the only thing that have sinned against God. Birds are still being birds. Mocking birds are still mocking, right? Cows are still mooing. Cats are still meowing. And here we are at the top of his creation, and we've chosen to sin against him. What about churches today? Why are churches not full? Mike talked about perilous times will come in the last days. Do you think we're in the last days? Yeah, well, the last days began the day Jesus rose from the grave. So are we in the last days? Yes. We're just 2,000 plus years closer than we were the day those fellows were walking the earth and after his resurrection when they seen him. We're in the last days. Somebody says, well, I don't believe that. What do you say to someone who says, I don't believe that Jesus is coming back? It's not my problem, right? I can't make you believe. All I can do is tell you what the scriptures say. His words say he's coming back. Amen? He said himself he's coming back, even in the passage. He said, this is the purpose of living. This is my purpose, my mission. And someone says, well, I don't believe that. I can't help you. I'll pray for you. You're not a ripe fruit. You're not part of the harvest. You're not prepared for it. Because Jesus said, we read before, the fields are what? When he was at Samaria, remember, the fields are white to harvest. We have to actually uh, take in the harvest where the Lord tells us to go farm. Well, watch this. Jesus clearly declared he was and is the judge, and that a day of judgment is coming. Did he say that in these words? Judge Jesus. You can write that down. Is Jesus going to judge you, and is he going to judge me? Yes, there's two judgments, in case you don't know in the Bible. There's the great white throne judgment. That's for people who are lost. They will never, ever, 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 ever go to heaven. If you go to the great white throne judgment, you are going to be brought up from a place of torment, and you're going to be judged based on what you did in this life and cast into the lake of fire, which we call hell today. That's what the Bible teaches. For the believer, those who are Christians that have given our heart and lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, there is the judgment seat of Christ. Guess who's going to be the judge at both judgments? Jesus, he said, the, the Father has given me judgment. These same men who are looking to his face, spitting upon him in his crucifixion, these same men who are challenging God himself will one day stand before Jesus. And if I was Jesus, I would say, I told you so, right? Aren't you glad I'm not God? I am too. 
He's going to judge them based on the love that he gave them. He tried. He, he persuaded them. He tried to move them and with miracles and show them, I am who I said I am. God has sent me for this purpose. Those very men who were vile in his face, those very men who are living now in the place of torment, will be raised again to be judged by King Jesus and cast into the lake of fire for eternity. But let me tell you something. Let me warn you this morning. You, my friends, are in the same boat. You will be at one of the two judgments. You will either be at the great white throne judgment, never to ever enter the kingdom of heaven. You will forever be in the lake of fire that burns with fireless and never ending. For the worm dieth not an awful, tormented place. You can either pay the penalty for yourself for eternity or it's simply this, that Jesus Christ took our debt on the cross and said, whoever, everyone who comes, anyone who comes unto me, I will give him life, not just life, life abundantly here and hereafter. That's what Jesus committed to you and to me. You'd say, well, it'd be foolish not to take him up on that. I would amen that. But why do men and women reject Jesus? Because we love darkness more than we love light. We love our sin. This culture we have in America, listen, sin is at the top, isn't it? I just heard of one of our local schools has made a transgender bathroom. I'm going to say this word because it's in the Bible. How stupid can you get? The word stupid is in the Bible just for the record. I know that's an S word in some people's families. But it is in the Bible. It means without intelligence, an ignorant move. This is in Aiken, South Carolina. It's coming where there's the rights of those who believe in Christ are going to be pushed further and further back. We know this is happening, so why don't we make a difference while there's light? Why are you and me not going out and making a difference today with our family, with our friends, with those who are in leadership? Why are we not praying for them and actually actively like Jesus confronting those in leadership? We must be speaking the word of God. Jesus, he is our judge. Hebrews 9, if you've got a note, if you've got a pen, write this down. We won't go there today, but this clarifies his righteous judgment. Hebrews 9, 24 through 28, if you want to put that in your notes, that clarifies what's coming. Uh, Hebrews was written for the Jews saying, listen, the believing Jews, there is clarity in what Jesus has said. Here's a note. Jesus' judgment is always righteous. He's always right. But the word is righteous. James 1, go back to James if you would. We don't get to see all these. James chapter 1, I want you to see this for yourself and mark it. James chapter 1. When you're there, say amen. I'll wait for you. Come on, turn, turn your pages. I want you to hear your pages so you can mark it. James chapter 1, right after Hebrews. James 1, then we're going to go to verse 16. He says this. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Don't be led astray. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Very clearly, listen, how much darkness is in Jesus how many times can he change? 
The word immutable. He cannot change. He will not change for you or for me. He won't make it an additional way. There's an A way, his way, and there's a B way, the way of anybody else who might put in the, fill in the blank. There is but only one way that the Lord is very clear that his judgment is righteous. There's no darkness in him. And then, of course, we quoted John 1, 1 through 5. You can put that note in there as well. That everything that was made was made by Jesus, who is God. Jesus proclaimed his divinity, his divinity through the miracles he performed. Only God can do what Jesus did. Would you agree? Can't raise the dead. Yep, you can't do it. You can't heal the blind. There's people today that are having big teleconferences around the world, and they're coming in, and they're actually saying, this woman was healed of back pain. This person was healed of this disease, and they're charging money to do this. When Jesus changes a person's life, listen, can Jesus still heal today? We believe in the supernatural healing that comes only through the Holy Spirit when he, when he steps down on us. We believe in that. We pray for that. We anoint with oil. But we don't go through the hospital and go, pff, 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 right? And healing everyone because everyone has a purpose in life. Even our illness, even your illness, even my illness that I might have in the future or have had in the past are for the glory of God. You say, well, I don't like that. Talk to him, right? Jesus is superior and worthy of our trust and love. Would you agree with that? Jesus is worthy. He's superior and worthy of our trust and love. That's the only way you can take it, or otherwise you'll be disgruntled, you'll be upset with God whenever a bad thing happens in your life. You're like, God, why me? You ever lashed out at God? Here's good news. It's okay. He's God. What's his nature? He's a God of love. Does he understand how you're frail and how you're built? Yes, he understands what you think, how you think. He knows how he made you. And he knows some negative influences you had in your life. And he knows some positive influences you had in your life. But he knows who you are. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows us intimately as our creator, Father. Understand? If somebody says, well, everybody's just a child of God, that is not a true statement. We are not all children of God. Because Jesus himself told the Pharisees, you are of your father, the devil. So was Jesus wrong? He can't be wrong because he's righteous. So there's a possibility that people, humans, can be children of the devil. Would you agree? Based on what the scripture says. All right, let's finish this. On your notes, Jesus showed the religious leaders their unwillingness to turn from their sin and to turn to him. This is called what? Lack of what? What do you think the fill in the blank might be? Repentance. That's correct. Oh, it popped up on the screen. The religious leaders' leadership proved to have no honor for God, even Moses, who they said they respected. Jesus or God's holy word. There was zero or none. You say, well, how do you know that? Put in your notes for this if you take notes. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 19. The writer of Hebrews slams the Jewish people, the Hebrews, for not believing what Moses said. How long did they have to walk around the desert? Forty years they walked in the desert. Why? Because God was, did God, was he, did he promise to take them to the promised land? That was his whole plan. I have a place for you, flowing with milk and honey. But yet they didn't believe. Their unbelief caused them to walk around 
in the deserts for 40 years. And everyone that's 20 years of age and older died in the desert. They didn't get to go into the promised land. All right, watch this. I want to show you what that means. Everybody that's 19 and under, stand up. If you're under 19, just stand up. 19 down to 1. How does that make you feel? Only they got to go into the promised land. The rest of us died in the desert. All right, you may be seeing it. What if the Lord did that today to us? Only those who share the gospel are going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said, well, I've never led one person to Christ in my life. Something's wrong with that. Do you all understand? I don't care if you're shy. I don't care if you're an introvert. Something is wrong if, you have, if you've been a Christian longer than one week and you haven't attempted to lead someone to Christ. Does everybody understand that, that that's something's wrong with you? Let me try it. Do, you, do we understand that? We are to replicate ourselves, right, to go back and actually make further Christians, not make Christians of Clint, make Christians of Christ. We must share our faith. If you're not sharing your faith regularly, something is wrong. You say, well, that, that bothers me. Good. Because the Lord Jesus Christ gave us the command, he said, go, make disciples of all the nations. He didn't say, go if you have the money. He didn't say, go if you have the resources. He didn't say, go if you have the education. He said, go. And go means what in our language? Go. As you're going, make disciples. And then you're to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We do that here, right? And then we teach them. It's amazing to me how many people who call themselves Christians will not come to a, a Bible study class, won't come to a Sunday school or to a discipleship class. It blows my mind that people would rather watch a losing football team on the screen all day Saturday and all day Sunday and not give one moment of notice to the Lord in a discipleship class. I don't have time. I just It's so deep. I just can't figure that out. Something's wrong with that. Do you understand something's wrong with that? When Jesus was talking to these, these men who would not hear what he was trying to tell them clearly, do you think something was wrong with them? What was wrong with them? This is the elite men. They had the nicest robes. They had the tassels. They had the jewelry. They were somebody in their society. What was wrong with these men? They were lost. They loved what men would say to them. Hey, well, here comes Pharisee so-and-so. We know one of the Pharisees' names. What was his name? We just read about him in chapter 3. He was the ruler of the Pharisees. His name was Nicodemus. What did Jesus think of Nicodemus? Nicodemus says, we know that you're from God because of all the miracles you do. And Jesus said, thank you so much, Nicodemus. I'm glad somebody recognized me. Is that what he said? No, he turns back and he says, you must be born again. And then Nicodemus, how could I be born again? I'm, I'm a man of status. What are you talking about? I'm an old man. Can an old man, he even said, can an old man go back into his mother's womb? What a stupid question that was. Can a man go back inside of his mother's womb? Especially when you're a senior adult, your mother's either passed or has no womb, right? It was a stupid question and he asked Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm trying to tell you something spiritually, Nicodemus. And you're playing this off? And listen, what is Jesus saying today to us? I'm trying to tell you something, church. Get busy and fulfill the commands I gave you because my commands were given to you in love that somebody might hear the gospel. We wonder what's wrong with society. It's not because the Antichrist is pumping evil into America. It's because the church is not pumping righteousness back into the world. 
We have sat in our caves and said, oh no, times are tough. What shall we ever do? Woe is me. Let me just, let me just look through social media pages and watch everybody, whatever. Wow, their life is good. Wow, look at their, wow, they, that, wow, wow. Are you doing like this? Yeah, congratulations. We spend our time looking through other people's stuff who are miserable and trying to put their best picture for, forward, right? Amen? They try to show you that, you know, you put your, here's my tumor I had taken out last week, or here's my wart on my toe. You, anybody ever seen that on Facebook or social media? But come to a prayer meeting at a church, what will happen? I got a scar. You know, and we pull off and want to share all the gross, vile details of pray for my if, whatever the if is. Pray for the it. Instead of saying, preacher, I, would you pray for my neighbor? Man, they're a hard nut to crack. I've been praying for them. I've been asking Jesus to change their life. For 30 years, I've been praying for them. But I know he's faithful because he says he's going to answer my prayers. Whatever I ask, whenever I seek after, and whenever I knock after, he's going to hear me because this is within the will of God. Have you ever been a part of that prayer meeting? Listen, that's the kind we have here. We, do we want to pray for each other's illnesses? Yes. But can I tell you, illnesses are going to come. There are a dime a dozen. Amen? Anybody got the best illness this morning? Let's compare illnesses this morning. Who's got the worst one? Anybody been through cancer? Raise your hand. That's awful. Yeah, look around. Anybody been through heart disease? Raise your hand. It's terrible. Deep veins. Let's get on the list. It's going to happen because we're broken in these bodies. These are sinful, broken bodies. These are temporary tents. And Jesus was trying to get men off the focus, off the here and now to the hereafter. And then when you get to focus on the hereafter, you start focusing on the here and now going, this doesn't matter. This stuff don't matter. This situation at work don't matter. What if you don't receive the vaccine and you get fired? Guess what's going to happen if you don't receive the vaccine and you get fired? Two things are going to happen. You won't have the vaccine and you're going to get fired. What do you do? Oh, no, bite all your nails off? Who's going to provide for you before the vaccine? Who provided that job before Who's going to provide after anything happens? What do we care? We're, we're the Lord's people, right? We live with peace with others, but we share Christ and we keep moving forward. We trust him because, why do we say, Jesus is superior and worthy of our trust and love. Let's finish this out. The religious leadership thought they could have eternal life just by having the scriptures. Did you know the Bible says Satan knows the scriptures? Watch this. Many people today will walk out just like this. You'll walk out of this church with a copy of God's Word. You won't read it for days until you come in next week, and you want to show up with your Bible again. Many of your Bibles are in the floorboard of your car. Many of your Bibles are stuck on a shelf with dust on them. If you don't hide God's Word in your heart, listen, there's no way to know Jesus. He's not going to appear to you in a dream. He's going to appear to you through His Word. This is how you know. This is why it was written that you may believe the Pharisees, now they had this much of the Bible. They had this part. And they walked around knowing it. They had it memorized. By the way, did anybody memorize Scripture before they became a Christian? I did. I memorized tons of it before I became a Christian. The thing is, you can have the Word of God and be lost. You must make application when the Holy Spirit says, I'm trying to talk to you. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to what she's saying. When we call it knocking on our heart, when the Lord says, Today's the day of salvation receive me as your personal Lord and Savior. 
I'm embarrassed. All these people around me. Did he say, if there's a lot of people around, don't do it? He said, make application and do it, right? There's always going to be people around. There's always angels watching. There's always demons watching. Listen, in the presence of God, when we do a wedding, what do we do? In the presence of these family and friends, and God is our quiet witness, in front of everyone, we say yes to Jesus. When we get married, we say yes to that spouse. We're proud of who we're marrying, right? We're so excited. Aren't we? Most of, most of the time, maybe. Now, I know some of you are on the back side of that story, and it wasn't so good. But the, that day of the wedding, it was good. You said for better, for worse. That means when you get older, right? For richer or, that's when you start out, right? We, did, we made a promise, and we were so excited about that promise. We had pictures. We even paid somebody to take pictures, right? And then what happens if we're not careful? We don't spend time with our spouse, or we find division. We just continue to dwell in the division versus what brings us together. And this is what the Lord's telling these, these men. Listen, you have the scriptures. You have the truth right here in front of you. Abide in the truth. And they didn't want to hear it because they had been so far away from the love of God. Their nature was not God's nature. Their nature was not love. Well, let me challenge you this today. And ask you this question. You see other questions in your bolts in there today. But let me get this down so you know. We see these banners, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, Lamb of God, Lion of Judah, all these titles of Jesus. But let me ask you this question. Who's going to be your judge when you die? His name is called King Jesus. Judge Jesus will be there. You've heard his words this morning. If you came to church or you're watching by Facebook or other social media, and you don't respond to the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be found, based on his word, guilty of rejecting him. And judgment will be passed. But, listen, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you pray and ask him to forgive your sins, you put that faith, you believe in Jesus' resurrection, that he died for your sins, and he rose again. If you believe in him fully, and you put your faith in him, there's no evidence to find you guilty. Paid in full on the cross. And that's what happens in all of it. It's going to be full of all of us whose debts were paid in full. Nothing we did, everything he did. What a beautiful picture it's going to be when we get together. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we know that there's so many things in the scripture that we could even brought back out. There's more. This passage that you spoke, the words of Jesus, how can we do service to anything our Lord says? How can we add to it? Father, it's not our intent to add to it, but those that we would explain and just read it publicly and bring glory your name. We, we bless you today and we thank you that you love us how you love us. Father, if there's somebody today has never given their heart life to Jesus Christ, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. That, Father, you would lead them, that you would guide them, that the Holy Spirit convict them, that they would say yes to Jesus and put their faith and trust in you. Help us today, Lord, those of us that are Christians, that we'd be motivated, not because of something the preacher said, but because of your word has clung to our hearts that we must be your witnesses everywhere we go. Lord, help us to be obedient to you. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name we pray.